At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Your future on planet Earth is in the Holy Spirit. Your future is. And there's no future without Him. You know, people don't realize they're beating a dead horse in this life when you don't have God. And you don't have the voice of the Spirit. You don't have the Spirit of God that you can listen to to know the answers to life. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't work. This whole planet was created by Him. The purpose for humanity in the planet was created by Him. And the only way that it works is to be connected to Him. Can you say amen? So this is vital. And what we shared last week was very important. But tonight I want to read, um, I read these two verses last week, uh, or I have for a few weeks now. Uh, the two verses in 1 Corinthians, first one in 3.16 and then the next verse in 6.17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If God was asking you that verse right there as a question, which in the verse it's a question, but if God was asking you that, you and I, that, I feel like it would be like this. Do you realize that I've entrusted you with a third of me? The third part of the triune being is the Holy Spirit. And he said, I've trusted you with my spirit. Do you realize that? (laughs) We need to realize it. Can you say amen? You and I need to really really realize it and be aware of it. 6 and 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And that's what we have to know as the Holy Spirit being in us. It's not enough that he's just there. We've got to be one with him. We've got to agree with him. We've got to connect to him. We've, We've got to acknowledge the fact that when he says something... That's what He wants us paying attention to, not what we see, how we feel, what somebody's done to us. Oh, you know, my day was just really bad, and so I choose to be mad and ugly and blame everybody else on the planet for it. That does God no good. You and I need to be one with Him. We need to think like Him. We need to act and operate according to His ways of doing. That's what He's wanting. Everybody say this, I am... A spirit. a spirit. You are first and foremost a spirit. We've talked about it throughout this whole series. I am a spirit. Be good for you to remind yourself that every day, probably, you know, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 times a day. Wouldn't hurt. I am a spirit. Being aware that you are a spirit, you're one with Him. If you're born again, His Spirit's in there. You need to declare that you are a spirit and that you realize that He's entrusted you with the Holy Spirit and your human spirit has to be one with Him. It is one because that's what we were made for. When we got born again, when you accepted Jesus, your human spirit and His became one. But He doesn't want us to be one and just kind of lay in there. He wants us to be activated. He wants us to be working. That's why we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. So everybody say this, I'm a spirit. spirit. 
you and I are spirit, right? And the fact that we are spirit first, we have a soul, mind, will, and emotions that lives in a physical body, but our physical body is honored to house the third part of the triune being. He lives inside of you and I. You say, yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah, but I'm stirring you up in remembrance of the things you think you know, but you don't know it like you need to know it. This is, it's life and death in the days ahead. You have to hear the voice of God, and you have to not be moved by how you feel. Proverbs 18, 14. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and a broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? A weak or broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? You and, you and, you're, you're in my spirit needs to be growing. It needs to be built up. It needs to be developing. My, 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 my human spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit won't make my spirit man grow. But if I do my part by hearing the Word, meditating the Word, declaring the Word, those kind of things, praying the Word, being a, becoming a doer of the Word, understanding what that is all about, if I do my part, then He's there to do what? His job is to reveal all truth. But in my life, it's the truth that I'm putting in. And it's the truth I'm paying attention to, and it's me not paying attention to everything else that's going on. And given place to it. Can you say amen? A strong spirit will get you through physical, financial, marital issues, issues with your children, with a career, with your future, with ministry, with I don't care what it is. A strong spirit, one built up, will see you through anything that you face. A strong spirit. I'll read that again. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or any kind of trouble. Anybody ever face trouble? Yeah, everybody. Everybody, everybody has faced trouble is, or is facing trouble or will face trouble or all three. And the fact that we face trouble... The key to the success is a strong spirit, a built-up spirit, a spirit inside a human spirit that is so connected to God and so in relationship with Him that we don't think anything but Him. That's what we're developing in our life. We don't think anything else but Him. We don't think about anything else but Him. I've said this to you before, and just a reminder that there's billions of dollars spent on the development of the body and the soul. Billions of dollars that people spend on developing the body and soul. Why not develop the spirit, right? <clears throat> Actually, very little is spent to make sure that your spirit man is built up. Very little. And very little effort do people put out to see their spirit man built up. Very little effort. Does it profit you to be sitting here tonight to listen to what I'm saying? Even if you think you know it, that attitude of you, if you think you know what I'm saying, 
you're shutting down the ability for the Holy Spirit to reveal greater revelation to you. I've had a number of people at different times through the years ask me, you know, why do you teach such long series of things? So you'll get it. Right? And, and, and I do, you know, I mean, I, you could say I copied this from, you know, starting out with, with Kenneth Hagin, Brother Hagin, who, you know, I loved, I learned. I, I, I mean, every, every message that man ever preached I listened to every one of them, I don't know how many times. You know, he, he, and he would have, you think I teach long, he'd have series that were 25 and 30 cassettes long. And I'd, li- I'd listen to every one of them over and over and over and over again because I did, it's like I couldn't get enough of it. But, but I couldn't listen to him too long because he'd, he'd preach a message and then he would repeat the same foundational verses of Scripture and on and on and on. But then I realized one day, I got some of the greatest revelation in the first two or three foundational scriptures that he preached, but he'd preach the exact same one if it was 25 messages every single time. And so I kind of learned that from him because I, what I realized was you don't get it the first or second or fifth time. You need it repeated. You and I, all of us. Because, because of the revelation that is in Every scripture, I mean literally every word in the Bible, and, and it, can, it, 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 it can increase all the time, continuously. You can see a verse of scripture today, and 10 years from now, you see something there, and you think, how did I ever miss that? Because, because it evolves like line upon line, and Precept upon precept, you get a little and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. That's the way revelation comes, and that's why we need it like that. But that's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal it to us. That's why my human spirit, that's one with the Holy Spirit, has to be built up based on what I'm doing and putting inside of me. That's what he reveals. His job is to reveal it. The other thing is that we're learning more and more all the time about how we have to understand how He works and we have to understand how much He depends on our participation. If you're not participating, then the whole process is stopped because I'm a joint heir with Him. You're a, if you're born again, you're a joint heir with Him. Like, like, a joint heir is like somebody that goes into business with somebody. If Randy and I went into business and, and we became an LLC, we're, we're equal partners in the business. And that's, that's, that's what we are with him based on what he says in his word. We are joint heirs with him. He did his part. I'm not him. He did his part. And then he told me what my part is. And for his part to work for me, I have to do the part he told me to do. But it's, it's not like it's a hidden thing. He gave us the Bible, open book test, right? And He gave us the Holy Spirit to reveal it all so we can understand it the way He means it. See, you can read it. You can read it, but then kind of miss it. But if you got the Holy Ghost to reveal, then He'll show you what God really wants you to know. So we have to understand how vital that our participation is in this whole thing. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> I 
John 14. Let's just look at a few other verses. And we've, we've shared, not every time, but we've shared these different ones. But I'm just repeating these to get to my one point tonight. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 25 says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That's why we need to understand our part in this whole thing. We need to know who He is to us, and then we need to understand our part. A lot of people don't even know who he really is. They just think, a lot of people just think that, well, he's God. No, he's not just God. He's God, but he's not just God. Jesus Christ became the Son of Man. He's the Son of God. He's the Word of God, okay? He's the Word of God that became the Son of God that became the Son of Man. And, and, we, and we see how that evolved through the times in, in the Scripture, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So the Word became flesh, right? But He became the Son of God in another passage before He became flesh. So He was the Word, the Son, and then the Son of Man. And so we've got to understand who He is and why He came so we could be connected with Him, and then... If I'm really connected with Him based on how He sees life, and I'm really connected with Him, then I see life like He does, and I get the same results He got when He was here. And He even said, and even greater works will you do because of where I'm at. He's at the right hand of the Father representing us. Holy Ghost is in us to reveal all that truth of who He is and, and bring to our remembrance, what did He say? And bring to remembrance all things I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In other words, I don't ever have to be afraid of anything ever again. Never. Never. And yet, fear is, is at the root of all destruction. Anything that's bad in the earth, fear's at the root of it. Directly, sometimes indirectly, but fear's at the root. And he said, you've got my peace, what do you have to be afraid of? Zero. Can you say amen? So, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I was in another town, um, I don't know, not too long ago, and, um, and this, this tongue thing always comes up with people about tongues. You know, do you believe in tongues? 
Well, I believe I have a tongue, you know. <clears throat> um, but you believe in tongues like in the Bible, you know. And, and you know, it, it always starts out these very interesting conversations about tongues. And so this person was telling me that, you know, they believed in tongues, but they believed it wasn't for everybody. And they believed that, that the fact that it wasn't for everybody, that probably they would never get it. Now, why do you think they'd think that? So I, I want an answer. Why do you think that somebody would think that tongues are available, but they're not for everybody, so they probably won't come to me? Why, why would they think that? They don't deserve it. They're not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so as this person was kind of revealing that to me, you know, I, I, I just asked him a point blank question. I said, so what did you do to not deserve tongues? And they said, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. So who, who knows what it was, but... Not anything that's not common to mankind, right? Not anything that Jesus, that there wasn't something left out that Jesus paid the price for. He died for them, and they're the righteousness of God in Christ. And what they're lacking is understanding their part in this whole thing. Because see, when you know who you are in Him, you draw closer to Him. Man, I... I want everything with him because, I mean, there's stuff going on all the time, stuff trying to come at you and come after you. You know, if, if, we, if, if we sat and had, you know, a little round table, kumbaya kind of little thing, you know, conversation with each other right now, everybody could talk about things that are, that are going on. Maybe you had a really bad day, a rough day. Things are happening maybe this whole week or this whole month or the last six months or whatever is going on. You, you, we could sit around and talk about how bad all these things are. Everybody is facing difficult things at different times. But God. He said, in the world there's tribulation. But He said, be a good cheer. I've overcome it. So in the world and everything that goes on in the world, there's tribulation, trouble, but a strong spirit, one that's developed and built up, it'll see you through the trouble. Why? Because the one with all the answers is revealing to you what the truth is about everything you face. That's why we need what happened on the day of Pentecost working in our life. I mean, working in our life. I'm not just talking about, yeah, you know, I, I, I prayed in other tongues, you know, 10 years ago or whatever and don't really do it a whole lot now. No, 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 that's not good enough. No, 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 we need it working and activating on our behalf every single day because I just read to you a number of different scriptures, and I'm not done yet, of what he says happens from the person of the Holy Spirit who is your helper, who what He does and He reveals all truth to you so you can know the truth about everything. And if you got the truth about something, then you can walk in the truth and it produces. Truth produces. And it produces the results actually that every human being is looking for. But I can't underestimate who He is. I can't underestimate what my part is. And I can't wait for him to do it all. He's already done what he's going to do. Now he wants me to do what he wants me to do the way he wants me to do it. And to do that, I have to learn how to do that through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's where you get the answers. Well, maybe I'll just read more Scripture. Well, keep reading. You know, that won't hurt you at all. 
But you need revelation, and that comes through the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. Ephesians 5 and 17 and 18 in the New Living Translation. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Is that what we've been talking about? Yeah. Don't act, you know, don't be moved by the natural stuff. You know, he said, a strong spirit will see you through trouble. So don't act and thoughtlessly, don't, don't, don't be moved by the things you see out there, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, this was, this was the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Ephesus where these people had already been filled with the Spirit. Well, what do you mean be filled with the Spirit? Continually be connecting with the one that you're one with. Continually go to Him and His way of thinking. Understand what He wants you to know instead of just trying to make decisions off the top of your head. You, it'll, always, it'll always lead you astray and not produce the results you're looking for. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You can put out, and we shared, one of the nights we shared pretty in-depth in this verse of Scripture right here. And, and what he's saying is, don't be drunk with wine. Don't, 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 be, don't be connected. Because see, people that are drunk with wine, they're, they're looking for an answer from something to give them relief from the stress and the pressure that they've... It, it, it can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be food. It can, I don't care what it is. It can be a hobby that you have. You know, it can be playing golf or, or, be, or hunting or this or what. I mean, you can be so, so consumed in something like that because you're trying to get relief. And what he's saying is that'll ruin your life because you're putting your trust in something that won't give you the answers. What ruins your life is you're never satisfied. I promise you, you can't play enough golf to be satisfied. And there's a lot of golf courses out there and good ones. And you can go play them all. And come away, and you get through with that last one. You played 490 golf courses around the United States. Hands are tired, you're wore out, you're laying down, and you got no answers. Why? Because that something like golf should give you pleasure. And the pleasure comes from being built up in Him. So he said, so all the things that I just mentioned, look at this verse like that. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be whatever, right? Because that will ruin your life. It'll keep you unfulfilled. That ruins a person's life. Always searching for something and never getting it. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> Amen? So, <clears throat> tonight, I want to end with the passage in Acts chapter 19. It's seven verses in, in Acts chapter 19. And I want to read this in, re, in relation to the difference between salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and the clarity of what happened here in the early church. Um, because one of the things that happened with the early church, and by the year, probably by the year 100 or, you know, 150 or 200, um, 
the church had kind of like, just the fire in the church had gone out. And the church was dormant for a number of years. In, in, the, in the beginnings after Jesus left the earth, first 50, 80 to 100 years, we saw amazing things happen. But after that, there, there, was, a, there was a slack. And what people didn't realize was that if you don't see what I'm talking about tonight as a journey, and it's, and it's a journey not just about me, but it's a journey about like the next generation. This is a journey. What, what, what if Jesus tarries, you know, for the next 100 or 200 years? Some people think he's coming back, you know, soon. Well, he's coming back, guaranteed. But only the Father knows when that is, not even him. The Bible says that. But we've got to see this thing as like, it's another 500 years before he comes back. So I need to grow in my connection with the Holy Spirit, and then I need to make sure that that's passed on to the next generation. Right? I need to see that my children and Annabelle's getting that, and different ones you know, within the body that Samuel's getting that, different ones that are, are connected here, the younger generation, they need to get that because, because I won't be here forever, right? You won't be here forever, but we'll be alive forever because heaven's a real place, and that's the next place we step over into, and it's a real place. But this is a journey, and, and, it, and it'll never stop. And the early church didn't see it as a journey. They were all worked up and excited about it, but they didn't make sure it got passed to the next generation. And we can't see that happen. We've got to make sure that, it, that, that it, it, it doesn't stop with me, that it's passed on to the future generations, making sure that the investment goes into the others. And the only way to do that, the only way, there's only one way, that's through the revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues because of what that produces. It's the Word. It's the Spirit. It's God. It's all of that. But in the earth, in this journey, you won't continue if you don't realize through the person of the Holy Spirit what His part is and what your part is. And that I am one with Him and as I'm staying connected with Him and I'm turning to Him for everything that I need, then it builds that strong spirit so I can handle any trouble. It doesn't matter. Hmm? Trouble come. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 5. In, in essence, he said, devil, fire your best shot. Fire the best shot you have. You know, I was talking to somebody on the phone today, and they said something positive, and they said, oh, I don't know if I should have said that. I said, why? Well, you know, sometimes when you say positive things, bad things happen. Okay. You understand where that's coming from, right? But I don't need that knowledge working inside of me. I'm speaking positive things all day long. All day long, I'm saying what the Word said. Even in the midst of things coming at me or coming against me or whatever happens, I'm saying the same thing all the time because now as I'm speaking it, Holy Spirit's revealing it to me. It's causing me to be connected to Him in a greater way and I can get through any trouble. That's how Paul said, not pride in himself. Devil, fire your best shot. Devil, fire your best shot because anything you fire at me, if I'm connected to Him, nothing 
can affect me or touch me or hurt me or harm me in any way, shape, or form. Can you say amen? That's why we've got to see this thing as a journey. And the key to the journey is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues and believing in it. Believing it. Acts 19 and verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Remember where we were just at? And what did he say? He said, but be filled with the Spirit. See, and, and these people here at Ephesus were prayed for, and they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he went back at, at another time and encouraged them and wrote a letter to them to continually be filled with the Holy Ghost, continually stay connected to God through the Holy Spirit and allow the truth be revealed in your life. That's your success. And he says, and, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, so they were saved, and then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Every one of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after they were born again as a separate experience that enabled them to be able to pray in other tongues and have those tongues interpreted in their own life. We're to pray in, 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 we're to pray in the Spirit with our own prayer language that we receive when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're to pray with that, and then what it brings is understanding to us about what God wants us to do. See, if all you did is ever, all you ever did is just prayed in tongues and there was no understanding that came to your mind, then you wouldn't know what to do with it. But we pray in other tongues, as it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, 13, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says we pray in the Spirit and then we pray with the understanding. Now, praying in the Spirit as a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, or praying with other tongues is what happened on the day of Pentecost, but that's not the same thing as found in 1 Corinthians 12 as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit of tongues and interpretation of tongues. My personal prayer language and the tongue that I would give if I operated in one of the nine manifestations of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, if I operated in one of those, that's because I'm born again. That's because I'm developing my faith in God. And that's because I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in other tongues and have the ability to speak another tongue with an interpretation to a group of people, to another individual, to maybe a handful of people, whatever it would be. That's not the same thing. And you know, isn't it, isn't it like God to make something like that a little bit confusing? 
And it's not like God's trying to make something confusing, but this is, this is revelation on His level. And for the longest time, you know, when, when I was born, when, in my first years of being born again, when Becky and I first got married and after that time, you know, we were in churches and, and uh, <clears throat> we'd be in a church and, and like somebody that maybe sat where Sarah is right there, right, like kind of maybe a little bit farther back where Shannon or Harmony is, you know, they, they'd be kind of in the middle right there. And then all of a sudden, you know, and these are churches that we were in that we weren't pastoring, and somebody would stand up and start praying another tongue. And, um, and I remember thinking, that sounds like the same tongue they pray in all the time. And, and so they would, pray in, they would pray in another tongue, and then they would, they would, most of the time, these people would interpret that tongue, or there was somebody else in the church that always interpreted it. So like that was their gift. But see, these aren't gifts. They're manifestations. The word gift in 1 Corinthians 12 was added in, in, in the translation. It was added. It wasn't in the original. It was manifestations of the Spirit. But people used to see that these things were their gift. And the problem with that is the nine manifestations of the Spirit can operate through any individual who's born again, who's baptized in the Holy Spirit, who has faith in God, when God needs them because those, all those manifestations are as the Lord wills them. Not somebody that thinks that, well, this is a good time in the service to stand up and Shana Makandai, Suzuki, Harley-Davidson, and everything else, you know? I mean, I, I mean that, that, and, and that's what it sounded like, you know? But it was always the same exact tongue, and the interpretation was always the, a real similar interpretation. And I saw it for years, and I thought to myself, Nah. Nah. No. So I came to Kerrville, and I was the new kid on the block, you know, 1989. And people started coming to our church, and they started doing that same thing. And so I kind of allowed it because I was a little intimidated the first couple of years. I kind of allowed it for a little while, but then <laughs> Becky and I talked about it one day. I said, you know what? We've got to shut this down. This isn't God. Same tongue. Same interpretation every single time from the same people. And we were at Water Street. We had moved to Water Street. And anybody, you were here, Sandra, right? Sandra was here. Anybody else here? Were you all here? Like in the first, in 91, 92? That, that's because it was 92, about the, I think the year that Liv was born. And uh, I got up on a Sunday morning right in the middle of one of those words. And I said, no, that's it. So we're not doing that anymore. So I don't want another word like that spoken in, in the congregation. I want you to come for the next six or eight months, and we're gonna, I'm just going to teach the word. We're going to have worship and teach the word, and that's it. Next Sunday, half the church was gone. Nah, not doing it. Because it wasn't God. I, I'm not saying those words are not God. And you see in our services today... That's, that's not predominantly what happens. We, we, that usually doesn't happen. At different times, people will prophesy, but the prophecy comes in, in different ways or different speakers, like when Mary Hudson was here, she had prophetic words for different people, different ones that operate like that. And in the future, we might have more of that, you know? 
but it's not going to be something worked up in somebody's emotions because it's not God because what he's talking about happened to these people right here was a personal thing. What happened, what happens in a, because the manifestations of the Spirit are not public assembly manifestations. They can work there, but that's not where they're for. They're for individual people. The, 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 the manifestation of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, they're for individual people that, that you speak to them to build them up. And it can be for a whole congregation, you know. Um, different ones, uh, Andre, when he was here, not to, you know, last year, whenever it was, the last time that he was here, he spoke a word over the whole congregation. You know, he spoke that, that, and it was a word of wisdom for our congregation. I still have it. I look at it and go over it at different times, but it was for our whole congregation. There's different ways, and that's the way God wants to be is creative. When it's the same deadbeat word, you know, and you think I'm, I'm being critical. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not going to stand before God as a pastor and God say, why did you allow that thing? that was not of me. I'm not standing before him and, and being accused of that. And, and, and I mean, you know, to do what I did to the congregation, I mean, I was shaking in my boots. But what I feared even worse was the consequences of not dealing with it and addressing it. And I'm telling you today that God wants, m- most of the time when I leave here, I prophesy. I, I, I've, when I was in Australia the last time I was there and I ministered to, in several different churches and to groups of people and stuff, I prophesied the whole time. Had tongue and interpretation. Hmm? And it wasn't a deadbeat tongue. That's what God wants. But He wants you and I praying in the Spirit, praying in the understanding, and be able to know what the truth is in this life for your life. What you need to do, what His plan, His purpose is for you, and how to overcome trouble in every situation you face. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.